I know I need to size up with you. And when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Afisa. With me, as always, is Devin. And we do have a special guest with us today from Terrible Wrestling Takes. We have Bishop here live with us. Bishop, man, how you doing today? What's up, I'm brother? doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, fellas. Thanks for the invite. You know, me and Dev have been talking back and forth on Twitter for a while now. And I'm just glad I can make it happen. So uh, much love for all the shout outs all the time on the show. Really do appreciate it. Um, I listen every week on podcasts. Don't always catch the video, but I'm here to uh, I'm here to represent. I'm here to have a good time. So oh, appreciate man. y'all having me on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we <laughs> it's funny. Some of the takes, you know, I've, I've heard some of the reactions to some of the takes. And, you know, even during the live stream, you know, we went at a little <laughs> bit around AEW. Yeah, we did. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it'll be cool to, you know, get into. We'll talk about AEW a little bit here. So it'll be interesting getting your take on a couple things going on right now. So, um. But yeah, definitely, definitely a pleasure having you here, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And actually, you know, one of the first things that I got, because uh, we got a list of topics we're going to go over here, um, is something that you sent out to me, Devin, about a, a critique of AEW in general when it comes to storytelling. So, and, you know, you sent me this, you were like, oh, this could be a good topic. I said, all right, let's see. Let's see where this one goes. I mean, I didn't know at the time, Bishop, that you were going to be a part of this. So that's going to even uh, make this even more interesting that <laughs> we got this topic going on with you here. So let's see. Let's see how this goes. But, I mean, it was about long-term storytelling and the fact that, you know, with AEW, um, is it so much that they're good at long-term storytelling or is it more of they're just telling stories that take a long time? to get to their, you know, to, to the point of whatever the story was going to be. Um, you know, in, in reading that, I kind of had my thoughts. But, Devin, you're the one that sent it to me. So, you know, what what sparked you to 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 want to bring up that topic? First of all, you know, I, I actually heard it from Bishop himself, man. This dude, the way he, he breaks shit down, you know, this is, this is one of the reasons I brought him on, man, because he is great breaking it down, having a discussion, being very – analytical too at the same time and i and he makes some good points so to bring him on the show i had to do and and because he brought up a very good point about the page and uh omega you know how long it took you know everybody's saying that hey this is a great long-term booking but he highlight he highlighted i think a very good flaw he was like hold on is it a very is it a good long-term booking or it's just because it took a long time. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. never seen it from that per- perspective there. So yeah, man, I thought it would be a good topic to bring up, man. Okay. But where do you, where do you stand on that though? That is a very good question. Bro. <laughs> you can bring up the topic, <laughs> but what's, what's your stance, man? You know, when I think about 
the TBS tournament and how long it took to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I see the pattern. All right. And I think, you know, when they first started the TBS tournament, when was it? Like maybe October? Oh, it's, yeah, probably. You probably yeah, yeah. About that. And yeah. then we just crowned one. Like they could have told like a secondary story. They couldn't, they could have timed it correctly. Like they could have, you know, but people saying, oh man, it's, it, you know, they took, uh, you know, with the TBS tournament, it was a, you know, they took the, a good amount of time to book like a Jay Cargill or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I look at the other side, I'm like, yeah, it feel like they took a while. Like they even, even show some of the, the matches, like they skips a, a few weeks, matter of fact, mm-hmm. yeah. on, you know, on Dynamite too. So I'm like, you know, like, what are we doing? So yeah, man. So I'm. I think I'm leaning towards more, maybe, and, and I'm just being real. Maybe they do take a, a bit of a, they do take a bit of a time to get there, man. So you think overall that most that given that you know the TBS tournament, like storytelling, the amount of time it took for that yeah. tournament to finish. Yep. Even characters that, too, and, like, and other things there that in general that that with aew it's more sense that they're just like taking a whole lot of time and you know not really having um you know a, a actual structure to their stories that's more of just like you know put together but i guess whimsically going on and not really planned out to be the way it's going like it's kind of just uh it's kind of we're just you know month by month you know, dragging our feet versus yeah. actually like telling a story that's compelling with like twists and turns that are planned out and on purpose. Especially like with Kenny Omega, like it was a like a dry spot I think I had with him. And, you know, I think it was at that shift, that transition when he was forming a character with the belt collector. I'm like, okay, that's right up his alley. He's cocky as hell. I'm a ride with that. And then they kind of just forgot about that. And they just went with this more of a, I don't know, quirky heel that I can't really connect with. And his wrestling is fine. But just, you know, that was a dry spot of developing on their way to get back to Adam Heyman page, man. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Bishop, man, I mean, you're here and, you know, you inspired this topic so so talk about it here on the show with us man like yeah. what what's your what's your perspective and and what what brought this about in you to to even share that take so so like i say on on my show terrible wrestling takes twtxpodcast.com for all platforms twtxpodcast.com for uh twtxpodcast.com slash tbts sorry for the dopest merch out there I ain't got beach towels, but I got t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> They're coming. But let me let me get that plug in because I introduced myself, but I didn't plug, and I'll probably plug another four or five times before we get out of here. But uh, no, um, look at the end of the day, it's always a conversation, right? And you see on Twitter, and even even when uh, Hafiz, me and you go back and forth on on some things, at the end of the day, if you like what you like, that's cool. But we could talk about it, and I have no problem with anybody who loves the Hangman storyline. Like there was people who legit cried over it, and I respect that. But if you're not going to keep it a buck on what actually happened in or I'm sorry, how it happened. The story is the story. They could have told that story in four months, but Hangman wasn't always around for four months. And just because he wasn't available doesn't mean the story continued. You press pause. It might take you four days to watch one movie. It's not a four day movie. You know what I mean? So 
in from the perspective of actual storytelling, it's not like there was a cliffhanger and you got to come back to see what's going on. No, Hangman got written off because his kid was being born, shouts, you know. He came back to do some things, and now the story's back where it left off, but he's not really messing with Kenny. So because there was no, like, real intertwining, just because you touched two years ago and then you get the pin two years later, it's it's not a complete story told. It just took that long to get it done. However it got done, if people enjoy it, that's fine. But you got to call it for what it is. It's either an actual long-term story or it's a story that took a long time. One of the the classic examples I bring up is Kane. The story of Kane, uh, Paul Barrett put a a little snippet in a promo. Like, I believe it was the Raw after WrestleMania. I know what you did, Undertaker. And then as it built all the way to, I think it was November, where they had that Hell in a Cell where he came out. And then they don't have the match until the following uh, WrestleMania from when Paul Bearer said the promo, that's a long-term story where you keep digging, you keep adding, you keep biting, you keep doing, you keep doing. We're in the YouTube generation. We're in the TikTok generation. There's this way past long-term booking. You know, you can, like um, what Tony Khan said, that uh, he had the first four champions booked out however he wanted. Okay, so he was telling a story to himself, and what we got on TV, we got on TV, which I don't watch much of, but. At least I know how to look at it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think what both of you saying is fair, you know, and like you like you said, Bishop, like to each their own on, you know, what you choose to enjoy and and how you choose to, you know, to 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 view it. Um, and for you, you know, what I respect is you're being honest about your perspective. And I mean, it is what it is. You know, for me, um, I look at it as they had me invested in that story. Um at, for for the long haul and were there times where i felt like ooh, i'm not sure where this is going because hangman is off television or because brian danielson comes in the company and then he has this match with kenny and now it's like oh shit is it going to be brian danielson that's going to be champion instead of adam like what are they doing with the story there were times where i was like man i don't know where this is necessarily going but overall like i do still appreciate like the for one with adam it seemed like they there was maybe a conversation or a thought about him being their first champion. And, you know, when he had that match with, with Jericho, I thought the right choice happened where Jericho ended up winning that championship. But I feel like his story has kind of been building up since then where it was like, okay, this guy that was one of the first guys that was in conversation to be champion, didn't get the championship. And, and he's going through kind of a growing up process, you know, with, you know, teaming up with Kenny and becoming a tag team champion. Then he's, you know, battling these, these, you know, whatever things that are holding him back with the, with the drinking and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then there's a dark order and then wanting to befriend him. And, and he's like, Oh, you know, I'm not really, you know, wanting to be with you guys, but you know, I like what you guys are doing. You're cool. You know, and his split eventually with the elite and, you know, Again, like you said, even when he decided he was going to team up with the Dark Order and they were all going to, you know, fight for those those uh, those title shots, they lost because he had to be written off TV because he was having the child. You know, that was a gap for me. But I was still kind of like, okay, like I'm I'm in the back of my mind because I am wanting to see at this point him become champion. I'm like, he he's probably going to come back. Like when he's going to come back. And then when he did, like I was back in. So I I get what you're saying about the stalling and the pausing 
elongating the storyline to a point yeah. where you know it's we shouldn't give them i guess complete credit for you know planning that out because no they didn't plan it out right. you're just going with the flow they're just going right. with what they were given you know so that I, I i definitely i hear you on and i i feel you on um but i was invested because i just felt like you know with with him i could see where they were going with it and i i did appreciate instead of just saying hey Let's make him champion right away. And then he probably flops because I don't even know who he really was, you know, to to that level, you know, in the in the beginning. I know Jericho, of course, everybody knows Jericho. And I've heard of Hangman Page, but to say he was going to be the first champion, I'm like, uh, I don't know if this guy's ready yet. And then they had him lose. And I'm like, oh, OK, OK. And then you see them little by little, like starting to have him round out his character. I'm like, all right, I'm. I'm and to a point where I find myself rooting for the guy. I'm like, damn, like I, I, I'm a fan now, you know? Yeah. So I think they did a, a good job of just like taking their time with him and then little by little getting him to that point. And then him and Kenny and the whole like we're a team and then we split up. I think that was cool. But yeah, to your point, definitely it was it was a lot of happenstance. Like a lot of it was just like, yeah, we're just this is the situation we're in. So well, I, I you're even you. saying that you're you're invested in hangman because you want to see Hangman get his due, you're not invested in the story that's happening. If if Hang if uh, if Kenny <clears throat> lost to Brian on Brian's first match, and Brian's the champ, Kenny doesn't get a a rematch, and Hangman takes it off of Brian when he first comes back. How crazy do you feel? It's also why I don't fantasy book because I come up with great ideas like that, and they know they never happen. <laughs> so, but like in in that way you're so invested in hangman you can't believe hangman just did this crazy shit that nobody's seen coming from a mile away because nobody mm -hmm. planned on brian being there when this story started right, so right. you know when all these things happen and again how long it took to get to the story doesn't sacrifice the quality of the story but call it what it is it was probably a four to eight month story that took two years like you said because it happenstance which is fine but it's not long-term booking yeah yeah that's that's fair that's fair i mean i feel like the only part that i would say is long-term booking is the fact that and i mean again they're not planning for the two years but the fact that they didn't give hangman that championship right off jump and they decided hey we're gonna ease you into this and like slowly build you up versus strapping the rocket on you right off the bat that's where i feel like there was that mindset that we are going to take a long-term approach with him and try to tell long-term stories. Now, one critique that I do have of AEW though is that when it comes to to um some of their stories, it just it does seem like they like for instance with the with the drinking with Hangman. That one really didn't go anywhere. They kind of they had that. It was interesting, but even now it's like, well, did he have a problem or was it just like he was just he just liked to drink? Like, which which one was it? Like, there was no payoff for that. And I do feel like they they do have a lot of, like, one-off matches where, okay, this person is going to fight this person this week, and then that's it. You know, they're not going to really tell a story that's going to last, like, a couple months and then lead off into a pay-per-view. Like, traditionally, I've been groomed to see by WWE, you know, and the way they do their, you know, their shows, you know? So there is some of that. But I think there are ways in which... Like, again, with Hangman specifically, the fact that they said, hey, we are going to take a kind of a long-term approach to build you up, you know, and experiment a little bit. You know, it wasn't one singular story that they told that got him to that point. You know, there were a lot of different beats and different moments, and then they took a 
turn here, a turn there, but eventually took a long-term approach with him. But I, I, I see what you're saying about specifically a story, like one yeah. concrete story. They didn't tell one story throughout that whole time. But I think I think you hit the nail on the head because everything you're saying is the arc of Hangman himself for two years. It's not Kenny and Hangman, even though he was the tag partner. They had some really good tag matches. They had good chemistry. But even the breakup from that, I mean, it was he just walked out on them. All right, see, like there was no real visceralness, and the only time there was was when um when he was getting rid off TV. So it makes you wonder if if that's the only time uh, that they they wanted to add the actual uh, um, the touching of the elite and all that you know going on but i think i think what is more important because for me i would still be an aw fan if hangman was the first champion i was sold right away mm, i thought he okay. was an incredible wow. athlete did fantastic he's a really good technical wrestler power moves all that stuff and i heard a couple interviews before aew started i'm like okay this this hangman guy's got something and we'll see what he looks like and he he doesn't really look like he's biting anybody's style he, he's pretty unique he's clean um as mm. far as like his in-ring work and he doesn't um he doesn't flip a lot like the you know all the other guys over there right right and and when they went a different direction i'm like okay i already and just because it's my opinion i already think hangman's good why would i watch him struggle for no reason mm-hmm. you know what i mean so as you were invested more and more and more the payoff of the investment of the character is why you hit the home run when hangman gets the title where i was like well he should have the fucking title for two years you know yeah yeah. So what's interesting about it too with with Hangman specifically and all this is that one thing that threw me off with him in the beginning was uh, they were trying to interview him after he had won the opportunity to fight for the championship, and MJF comes out and he cuts a promo, and Hangman doesn't say anything. And to me, I'm watching and I'm like, dude, this is going to be the dude that you that you make the champion. Is this guy that you know he's in the ring, and if if that's you know, I'm thinking, hey, if you're the guy you don't let that happen to you. You know, you don't let, you know, MJF or whoever just take like Daniel over. Bryan? Isn't that What's what that? Daniel Bryan did? Daniel Bryan did it to him the night after he won the title. Well, same thing so, happened. To, exactly. Like, I, maybe that's, even that's the uh, damn show. I know this happens. <laughs> but to, to that point, I mean, maybe that is a thing with, with Adam Hangman, where when it comes to the mic skills, you know, that he's not, he's not that guy, but you know, I feel like I'm more, invested in his character now to the point where like okay like i'm not gonna let that make me think less of him now because i know him better but then that was like one of my first impressions and i'm seeing okay they're talking about this guy hey man page okay cool cool and then here comes mjf and he's cutting this promo and i'm like why is this dude not the dude that's fighting for the title right now like this should be the guy so you know i'm thinking okay you can't have him you know beat jericho right now it's got to be jericho because we know jericho has got you know, the the presence to be able to, to, you know, be a champion. We've seen it before. It's a name everybody's going to know. From a business sense, it makes sense. You're going to TNT, like, you want that face for, you know, casual fans to be able to say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, whereas with Hangman, it was like, eh, he's a little bit green. Who knows what he's going to do when he's on the mic? Is he going to, you know, freeze up? Like, what's going to happen? Let him build up a little bit. You know, and now, yeah, when a guy like Daniel Bryan or even down the road when a CM Punk or Adam Cole gets in his face and starts talking to him it's like well i know who he is and i feel like i care more about him so i'm willing to you know accept more of like if he's not just you know killing him on the mic because i know when he gets in the ring 
what he's going to do. He brings it. And he's going to bring yeah. it. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, at, yeah. Do you think they do a lot of hiccups to disengage their audience? Because I'm going to be real, that that's what happened with me with, like, with some of their storytelling. Like, you know, uh, you know, for instance, with Adam Hayman Page, when he took that break, and when we was doing our rankings, I didn't have him in my rankings, man. I just had him in my honorable mentions. Like, you know, I didn't really... Re- I didn't really remember him, man, because they just the way they just eliminate him from the story. And, you know, I get it, man. Like they they put a lot in his in his character. But it to me, I, I enjoy story storytelling. Like I love characters and I love the story that goes with it as well. And I think that's where they, they miss right there. But, uh, when he hey, when he left, like when he took that break, you're thinking there was a hiccup there. Is what you're saying? Well, right before he was, you know, leaving out, man, I, I think they could have. I don't know, a way that if he was only going to be gone, with, well, he was only gone for, what, maybe two months? I forget how long it was, but, but it, I mean. It wasn't long. I feel I like, think... so the buildup, you know, going into that, there was a lot of, like, Dark Order and Hangman Page teaming up, and they were going to go against the elite, and Hangman was like, hey, if we if we win this match, we all get title shots, right? And so the buildup to that, I felt like it hit a high. Remember, he had that entrance with all of them, and oh, we were yeah. sitting here like, yeah, damn, yeah. like this is sick, you know. <laughs> like he's got the purple gear and intertwined in the cowboy theme stuff, and they all had the cowboy, you know, gear and everything. And it was like, oh shit, this is gonna happen. This is the moment where, you know, we know, like, hey, he, this title match is finally gonna happen. And then they lost, and it was like, oh shit, like I guess this isn't happening. And then you know, you find out, hey. He's having a kid. That's why he's going away. Yeah, and that was the lull. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would even consider that like not talking about him during that time a hiccup necessarily. You know, because again, we don't know. Like, if this is real life stuff's going on. Like, he's a first time dad. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's that's the way they kind of presented it. So maybe he doesn't know how long he's going to be out. You know, and once everything got settled, it's like okay, I can come back here. Boom. It's like, you know, I think it's it's. I feel like there are hiccups with, like I said, speaking specifically about Hangman, there are certain story points that it seemed like, okay, we're going to introduce this drinking thing. And I I thought they were going to say, hey, you know, you've got a problem. You know, you're you're dealing with some stressful shit and you're trying to drown your sorrows in booze. You need to get rid of the alcohol, get your ass in the gym and start, you know, focusing back in on being the best damn wrestler you can be. You know, and then that would have been the story. Like the the Dark Order is the one to say no. Like drop the booze. Like let's let's get you back to being you. Like I thought that was going to be the story, but that never really happened. They're yeah. bringing beers in. Like here, man, have another drink. You know, like this is great. So you know that story. I think it, there wasn't there wasn't a clear like what are we doing with this? I think they were just having fun and like spitballing, throwing shit at the wall, and then quietly just kind of let that go and and start going in a different direction. So um, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like I enjoy overall what they're doing. Are the stories, you know, the most compelling in the world right now? No, you know, honestly, like, you know, being real about it, because I can't tell you right now, like one story where I'm just like, Ooh, this story right here, like maybe, I mean, even with Miro, right? Like Miro's a wrestler that, you know, we've talked about on the show. Like, I'm, invest- like, I'm more invested in his character than what's going on with the story. He had a going. story when he was champion. Like, I, we thought, I, you know, the way they just built him and the way he was just, you know, praising God. 
we felt like he was more of a true champion than Kenny Omega. Like we thought, you know, okay, he he looked like he's the main champion, man. But to but, to yeah, to the point of this, yeah, and and I think this is where you're going too, is that his character, right, was very mm-hmm. interesting because you know the way he's he's cutting these promos and talking about you know being God's favorite champion and thanking God for his flexible wife Lana and all this other stuff, and he's being funny, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's entertaining, like and that's like okay, like it grabs your attention. But, you know, then even the way he lost to, to, to Sammy, there wasn't like a buildup to that happening. It just kind of was like Sammy was next in line and he beat him. You know, there was an mm-hmm. actual story where you saw a little by little progressions in their rivalry. You know, there was no rivalry. It was just these two guys. It's your next. Hey, then Sammy won. So, you know, as, as we talk about it, it's like, yeah, I feel like they're more on the, hey, we're just going to book matches and, you know, have – like just these uh, competitive matchups, you know, versus storytelling, you know, versus like actual, I'm going to tell a, a thought out plot driven story, you know, and build a rivalry between this person and this person to where we're anticipating, you know, Oh, these two, when they collide, I can't fucking wait. You know, I think with, with, with the only thing with, with what I just said, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, is with Kenny and Adam, I did say that I thought Adam was going to beat Kenny, that he would be the one because of the split. And so I feel like even though was that the best story told? No, because, again, the break that happened, mm-hmm. you know, but I do think that that's probably, and I don't know, I don't know how this is going to sound, but that's probably one of their their stronger attempts at trying to have it be a longer term story. That because out of the examples I'm trying to pull in my head, I can't think of any real rivalries, you know, going on with it. Like MJF and CM Punk right now, you know, you'd probably say that's one where they're taking a long-term approach and trying to build a story and build a rivalry between the two. That's probably the next closest thing. So yeah, I mean, just being real about it, like that's it's 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 the Kenny and Adam uh matchup, and then it's it's this one, this CM Punk and and uh and uh, MJF uh matchup. What do you think, Bishop? So that story, I guess, just looking at what they're doing right now between uh, uh, CM Punk and MJF, like, have you been catching that? Like, no. what's your no? no. Okay, okay, no, no. <laughs> no. It's like no. Next I, 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 yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can get real bad out here if you next need to. Question. But, uh, <laughs> no, look, I thought maybe you were gonna say like MJF, Chris Jericho, right? If you want to say a story told for so yeah. long, yeah. that was yeah. that was probably their best long-term story great, told yeah, yeah. because yeah. week by week they were getting you invested in the potential whatever was going to happen. Like you said, you're conditioned to what WWE does. Well, they bring people together for the purpose of breaking them up. And the way that they did it, albeit I didn't find very entertaining, it felt very shtick-like. Um but that's, I mean, it's wrestling. You know what I mean? You so, like the sing-along, the musical man, like the Broadway show? Oh, it was, well, what, it got like the greatest live event of all time or some <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Yeah, it won yeah. some award. Yeah, yeah. look, I, you know, nah. there's many platinum albums I don't listen to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Park Whitty>. so, <laughs> but at the end of the day, no, at the end of the day, like there's, I think, I think they, they are on a fine line of trying to figure out exactly what they're doing. But even because I found a hard time staying invested because, you know, they don't hold themselves accountable for their own ideas. You know, like they just write it off as, no, look, we did this for, you know, this. We did this for that. And 
look, we're giving you MJF and CM Punk. And yeah, I catch the snippets here and there when something happens. But I mean, honestly, I think Punk was, uh, wasn't talked about that much the last two weeks. And, and I just go based off of Twitter feed because when he does something that, you know, it like he sneezed up. on the mic one time and <laughs> he was trending for three years. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I can't stand how much people love that guy. He shit on the business for seven years. He shit on the, the thing that we watch for seven fucking years. Yeah. He shows up and they're like, oh, my God. But that's that's another story. We won't have to go there. But no, nah, um, look, if 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 MJF or CM Punk say something different in a promo, let me know. And then I'll check it out. But it's always the same, the same beats, the same beats. You know, Cena comes back. What is he going to say? You know what I mean? It's the same beats. Yeah. He's he's a goat <laughs> at it, but he also has an ability to draw you in. You're, you guys, and, and I say this as a whole of AEW fans, you're drawn in by the star power of CM Punk and how comfortable MJF is in the ring. He doesn't, he doesn't look shook out there. He looks like he's going to command what's going on. And the one thing I'll give AEW for production value is when somebody's on a promo, they are focused on the face and you're getting all the emotion out of the character that's speaking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I won't shit on completely, but I they don't pull me in because it's, you know, eh, you know, but y'all are excited for it. So shouts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, too, as far as WWE is concerned when it comes to long term storytelling. Um, the tribal chief, chief Roman Reigns. That, that's chief. just you know that's where I'm going. Yeah. What? So describe that, man. So as we far won. as <laughs> as we far won. as long term storytelling, man, like just yeah. just describe it. Like tell it tell it so, from your perspective. What so do you for see me, that's working. Yeah. My particular take on the tribal chief. It's very it's very odd because in the beginning, you know, a lot of people saying that it's Brock Lesnar booking. Oh, he's smashed some stack him, all this stuff and. Very quick matches, protected by Paul Heyman. All the all the similarity similarities are there, but when when you look at what Roman is doing as a character, he's presenting vulnerability. Sometimes he had to cheat to win uh, with his his uppercut kickouts of pins. Um, he would <laughs> find his way to get the Usos on his side to do his bidding beforehand, so he has compromised opponents. So there's a vulnerability within the character who presents himself as Tribal Chief. We the ones, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm I've always been invested in Roman. He's he's one of the biggest reasons I got back into this. And then the whole crowd hated him. I'm like, oh, this is fucking crazy. I gotta root for a guy that nobody likes. Okay. Mm. Um, but no, nah, like, so as far as like the booking goes, he is protected, but when you when you look at who he is now as a star, he's getting his proper treatment on purpose, not ironically. You know what I mean? So as far as the character, when when it went from, oh, they're just giving him the Brock Lesnar thing, they're just pushing him down our throats again, was, to booze on purpose, to cheers on purpose. When when he when he fucked over Paul Heyman on SmackDown, the crowd was cheering for Paul Heyman getting his due. Brock Lesnar comes out and gets the loudest reaction of all time. Yeah. Roman Reigns' ability as a heel has turned Brock Lesnar into the biggest babyface in wrestling. We the ones. We the ones. That's 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 talent, man. And and the story itself, I've never been lost on it. I've never been like, well, I don't need to see Roman this week. I don't need to see Roman this week. Um, so it, as far as that goes, I'm I'm hooked. I'm hooked all the time. I and even here's the thing. Even when he's not there, the people that he leaves behind feel important. And then it's like, oh shit, we gotta watch next week for Roman. All right, I'm back next week. 
Mm-hmm. So and and he's he's only missed a couple, a couple of SmackDowns. Uh, it's it, I think it's incredible work uh, from an entertainment standpoint. But to your point, story wise, I think it's just story and character. The the best story they've told, which I'm glad that the entire world got work. But if you want to go to TWTakesPodcast.com and find a platform, you can go back to SummerSlam where I told y'all that uh, 26 seconds is the greatest thing that ever happened to Bianca Belair, because what Becky has done since she's been back has drawn strength and character in the entire women's division by being herself. And she's uplifting the division through her own story. She just came out on a pay-per-view with goats on her shoulders, you know, (laughs) and the people that are chasing her look so fucking important. I remember the, we want live chance, right. And, and, and people want to live Morgan, live Morgan gets her due and she fumbles, she gets her due and she fumbles. And this opportunity she's been given multiple chance and she gets, better and better and better and better as much as we all love bianca's ability to wrestle or her athleticism uh because i thought she had some hiccups from 26 seconds on she has become an undeniable talent that you want to see get her due there was nothing to care about beforehand except for she's good she should have it right now that she got fucked over it's like well when's she getting her due oh not only that she put on bangers with dewdrop who's a hell of a wrestler in herself. So the the story that that was being told from SummerSlam on has built new stars, not superstars, but stars, new people to invest into. Um, so it's, it's like I said, we're in the YouTube generation. It's hard to captivate people for a long time. But when you look at the equity based off of, you know, moments, I think, I think that's probably the best example of storytelling that WWE has been able to do lately. What did you like about the Roman character, like the big dog? Because you said you was invested in, in that. Yeah, so, so I like quick, to know about that. Yeah, quick, quick summary. Um, 2015, my son was born in 2014. I don't, whenever uh, WrestleMania 31 was, I got back into it right after, oh, that's what it was, the, right after the, the, the Brock Lesnar-Cena SummerSlam, where Cena got dog whooped i didn't see that one yeah. but i tuned in like the following week and when i was help raising my kid at home i was like what, what am i gonna watch so i put wrestling on i seen roman i was like oh he looked like somebody that i would have watched back in the day he got the mm-hmm. physique the stature the presentation cool and then that that samoan uppercut punch that he throws i was like yo he throws a he throws a mean one and i of course i didn't catch him slapping his arm to get the pop on it. I was like, is he laid into these dudes? And you, can pull, and you can pull an adult out. You know what I'm saying? Like when you can pull an adult out of what this is, there's something there. So I gravitated to it and I'm like, oh, oh, and he's actually pretty good. You know, I didn't like, I never liked the Superman punch. I think it's, it's you know, cause I'm a UFC guy and I've seen people mm, land yeah. a Superman punch. And when they land a Superman punch, yeah. it's a wrap. Right. So, <laughs> and then, you know, of course the spear is something from our day you know that it's a it's almost a sacred move because when goldberg hit a spear in the 90s good night you know mm-hmm. so the but the character the way he presented himself i'm like okay this guy's a star and then all that stuff he had to go through and i didn't really see i, I hated seth rollins because i was like man he's such a good wrestler but his character is just too fucking annoying i didn't want to watch him but his wrestling was incredible uh and then page was the other one i was really it was page and roman at the time that kept me in but yeah, something about Roman. Just he looked like somebody from back in the day. Mm. Yeah, man. I feel Looks you. Like so I need to do one though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, man. I just want to know, man, because I never hear really, you know, from that side of the fence of 
why they was invested into the the big dog character because you know from the you know, you heard the you already heard the the critics the critiques about the way they build the, the booze and all of that i was part of that crowd i wasn't feeling the big dog well that's so, the thing that's another reason why i hate cm punk is because when i got when i got back into this it was before he went on cabana's podcast and just dog shitted all over roman and was like nah he's getting pushed he he wasn't supposed to be there supposed to be chris hero whatever the fuck it was and from that moment on, he was getting he was getting booed. But before that, he was getting cheered. Go back to um, I think it's TLC, and it was a number one contenders match between Seth Rollins and Cena. And Seth Rollins was fucking over Cena. Roman comes through the crowd, and the crowd cannot stop cheering for Roman, saving John Cena. The two people, the two people that get booed out the building the most. Right. The yeah. crowd was going bananas for those cheers. I think the podcast with, with Punk came out like two weeks later, and it was just a wrap from there. I noticed it when uh, there was a rumble where it was because the year before it was Batista that got all the booze. Everybody <laughs> wanted Daniel Bryan to you know go to the to WrestleMania, and then Batista you know he got eliminated, and you see Batista there, it's like oh shit. But it was Batista and Roman <laughs> at the end, and everyone was going nuts for Roman, wanted him to win that. Batista won. And I was like oh shit. And I thought, okay, Roman next year will probably be the guy. Everyone's going to love him. But it seemed so, like, maybe obvious. Like, the way I interpreted it was, oh, he's the guy they're picking now this year. And, again, the guys, you know, the the underdogs that we want to to go on, it's they're not getting to go to WrestleMania because of him. So all the vitriol went to him, which – you know, it's unfair to Roman. Like, it's not his fault. Like, he's he's just going out here putting out putting in work and doing his thing, and he's getting shitted on because the other guy that Vince chose or whatever isn't isn't getting picked. So at first, I'm like, ah, this is this is unfair. But the only thing with that with me, and this is a WWE thing, is if you hear that, you hear those boos, just just turn the man heel because at that point, like a lot of characters, I feel get developed really well when they're heels. So, you know, for me, it was more of a frustration. Like, you just keep going with this, like, oh, you know, he's above it all and he's going to, you know, fight through the booze. And, you know, like with John Cena, like, I'm not going to turn heel, you know, I'm going to stay true to my way. No, man, like, just let's just have fun with this. And now with him heel, part of me too goes, and I've said this to you before, like, it almost makes me mad seeing how great he is. You hear him on the mic and these promos, like the things he's saying, I'm like, you held this held this version of Roman away from us yeah, for like this five long? Years. Come on, man. Like, we could have had this. So, you know, it is what it is. But Roman, yeah, man, dude, he's awesome. His, yeah. like, the way that I love, even in the ring, in the matches, the commentary that he has, like talking to these guys, telling them, you know, whatever he's talking, just talking shit. I get into that even when it comes from a storytelling oh, uh, yeah. standpoint. Like mm-hmm. he makes his matches. He's not doing much as far as the matches, like moveset set wise. Yeah. But slow pace. the slow pace and talking to him and wearing him down and having his presence felt like I feel it. And I'm invested. It could be a a sixty minute you know match, but the way that he does it because of the way that he's you know the way he's presencing himself in these matches. Yep. It just it it it. It brings me in, you know, each time. So I think he's doing a great job. Now, storytelling-wise, one thing I wanted to ask you about, too, was um, this Matt Riddle, uh, RK, uh, uh, Randy Orton story. (laughs) Now, the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, now we've gotten to a point where it looks like, you know, we're we're changing things up and ramping things up for WrestleMania. They finally lost the titles, and 
this is probably the end of RK Bro. So as far as long-term storytelling goes, do you think, I mean, judging by your facial expression, it feels like you weren't feeling the story, <laughs> right? So I'm already kind of no, no, reading Go ahead, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you. But, you know, do you feel like, I guess, I, I okay, so watch it. I'll tell you how I felt. So for me, I was shocked when this team even came together. Right, I thought, oh no way, he's gonna RKO him immediately. Like those first couple of weeks, I'm like, this is this is done. And then they kept going and going, and I'm like, how long are they gonna really go through this? And then it got to a point where I'm just like, well, I know it's gonna happen, but let's just go along for the ride. And I feel like Riddle was doing a good job of just being an annoying gnat, you know, to to Randy and seeing Randy's like. Oh God, just shut up already and let's just wrestle. Let's just win this match. Let's just yeah. do like what are you doing with the scooter and the mustache and the wig and all this shit? Like, no. <laughs> so, you know, and then to see Randy kind of come around and like kind of root for Riddle and kind of take him under his wing as like his little brother. I'm like, okay, all right. This is this is something. Like, that's where I felt like the story actually got more interesting is seeing Randy start to bring Riddle in and, and and care about him. And he's like, I know you got got something to say. Like, what do you want to say? Go ahead and say it. Get out the way. Go ahead and say it. Like, just being able to accept uh, Riddle. And just when he starts really accepting this dude, now they lost. And so <laughs> now it's probably going to, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan. He's going to, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be this Raw. Maybe it'll be a Royal Rumble. I don't know. Maybe. I think that this back half of their story has been the most interesting but what's your take on on their their overall journey? So so this is a perfect example of a terrible wrestling take because it's it's about the conversation. <laughs> like the like because you're you're right. Like look, I I'm not afraid to say country music is good. I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, there's many platinum albums I've never listened to and won't listen to. Right, right, right. I cannot stand stoner humor when it's when it's like hey Randy. Hey, Randy, like that's so fucking annoying because it doesn't get anywhere. And the character has been so overblown for so long. And and just like Kenny Omega, uh, Matt Riddle is exceptional inside the ring. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is exceptional character work. I'm not invested at all. There's nothing about Matt Riddle talking or doing things I want to see. But I'm marked out for Matt Riddle being in the ring with Walter on 2.0. Because mm. I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. That that from a, a physical perspective. Do I care that he came down on scooters? No, nah, I'll just wait till the bell rings. So mm. I hated RK Bro from the beginning as well because of how the characters were set up. Then Randy made him lockbox the lips, right? That you can't talk no more. As they kept growing and growing. And then, like you said, they towards the end now, he doesn't need the lockbox. And then what does he do? He starts, you know, going off with the Viking Raiders or cheering on other teams and he's getting out of pocket again and then randy's got to rein him in and then it's at some point yes it's gonna be too much for randy it blows up i get the story the story's cool y'all love it go for it i cannot stand riddle's character so i i don't get invested when they wrestle though when they wrestle lights out i mean randy's randy's been on such a wave yeah. for like four years now yeah. like it is incredible yeah. how seamless his work is and to watch the maturation of their tag team is cool. And they are a really good tag team. But I'm not invested in the bro part of it. It's just, it's the character itself just fucking bothers me. When he tones it down, cool. And and so, and I get the story. The story's played out real well. Cool. But it's, it's not me. 
It's not me. Is it? Is it a really? Can I admit that it's a really good story? Yes, I can. I don't like it. Okay, that's like what you like. I get it, bro. Now, now, question. And this, this is getting in a little bit of fantasy booking here. But do you think they should just go ahead with it? I'm just going to say it. Do you think you know? Because we're we're getting to it here right now. So the, the clear route for this is Randy. You know, RKOing Riddle. But do you think it would be more interesting to see Riddle be the one to turn on Randy and then maybe have kind of a change in character to where he's a little bit more serious and maybe he's not hearing the voices in his head and that kind of transforms him a little bit? I think that, that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. When uh, when Randy and, and Bray were going at it and, you know, Randy's character was starting to shift a little bit deeper, a little bit darker because he had to go to his space to overcome some things that shift in character always brings something out of the performer themselves. So I, I would kind of, if, if you want to go that deep and have, you know, uh riddle switch, because when you work with Randy, you get vibes the way he gets vibes. I think that's a great way to go about it. Um, again, I don't think it'll happen. So that's why I don't like fantasy right, booking, but right, right, right. if <laughs> I tell you, because, because they don't, I mean, Matt Riddle, he doesn't wear shoes, not because he's a surfer stoner, it's because he's a legit MMA fighter. Lean into that and bring that out of Riddle in this Randy feud. So when Riddle does win, it doesn't look like he just tricked Randy. Oh, sorry, Randy. I got one on you. You fell over my flip-flops. Like, nah, man. Like, <laughs> But the, the money's there. The two of them wrestling each other, I, I, I'm here. Sign me up. Sign me up. So if you do it the right way. But, yeah, the intrigue for me – would be riddle shifting to something stronger because now like we were talking about with with becky in the women's division you now have a riddle who's ready you have a riddle who's now a superstar he's already a star he's a superstar now because randy helped him get to that level by showing there's diversity beyond scooters and smoking weed and pigeons or whatever flies out <laughs> facts facts so you think there's a chance that riddle can evolve his character then something more like you said yeah, 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 why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Maybe change up I his mean, wrestling a little bit. He's know, been one be dimensional. Yeah. He's been one dimensional character wise. It's been it's been bro stoner as opposed to again, even his his MMA and his style in ring is very like fast MMA style. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would I would like to see it. I would be I'll tell you what, I would be more invested. I would be more invested in Riddle if he shifted his character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I was thinking about it because it, it, I feel like there is that potential. There is that potential for this to kind of tweak Riddle a little bit because I'd always been concerned about Riddle since he gotten called up. You know, and with, you know, we know the history with NXT guys getting called up, and he's one of the guys that's lasted one of the longest out of most of the call ups that they've had recently. So, you know, but I was like, I don't know if his character really, you know, works or, or fits in totally. And him being teamed up with Randy and it lasting this long, you know, I've been surprised. I really have. But I do think that it would be cool, like a couple times when, you know, you can see him getting during the matches, getting a little bit more aggressive, you know, when he's, he's wanting to do the RKO and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that, where I'm like, man, what if this just becomes a part of his character? You know, that that vicious side. And I love what you said about, you know, the MMA side of him. You like bring that out more like that would be that would be totally cool. So hopefully, hopefully we do get that Um, now. There's a chance because he does do the RKO. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it could be leading that route to him yeah. just being like more of a more of a vicious guy himself. Um, but switching gears just a little bit to um, the forbidden door being open in WWE, like that that's kind of the one of the hot topics right now. Like perhaps. Mickey James, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps Mickey James, you know, uh, Impact Knockouts champion, being in the Royal Rumble, it's kind of sparked this conversation around. Like, oh, is is the Forbidden Door open now? Like, is Vince McMahon open to? I I personally am not buying into this at all. <laughs> like, I just feel like. It happens that Mickey James, you know, who had a history, a, a pretty long history in WWE, it, you know, she's now in Impact and she's champion. And it, that's just that just kind of happened. But they're probably just looking for people to put into the Rumble. And they're looking at all the names of, of legends that they had that they've had and said, hey, Mickey James, cool. This may not have even known that Mickey James was in <laughs> Impact, to be honest with you. He's like, so I'll give you that. Who? Vince, she's in Impact. Oh, I don't know. Call her anyway. <laughs> yeah, she'll so. make an impact. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not buying in. I mean – it's it's just against everything that we've known, you know, Vince and WWE to be about. You know, they don't even acknowledge that these other companies exist, let alone be willing to work with them this openly. I mean, back in the day, like they had a relationship with ECW, you know, Evolve, you know, they had relationships with like, but to actually say, you know, uh, AEW Impact. I mean, New Japan. I know there was talk. They played with that a little New bit. Japan, yeah, yeah. To, for Brian, uh, for Daniel Bryan at the time. You know, they wanted to to see if they could work something out. Um, so, but I'm I'm not feeling it. I won't believe it until I see it. That's where I'm at with it. Uh, where are you guys at with this? It seems like we're we're kind of in the same boat. But where are you guys at with with all this? Go ahead. Get go a guess, man. Yeah, yeah. Get a guess. Uh, go ahead. Look, I think. I think the whole forbidden door thing has been overblown anyway, because even in AEW, it didn't do anything for impact. They're not, they're not any better off for it anyway. Um, all they would do is go on to impact. You know, Kenny would be there, squash everybody. He lost the title on an AEW show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so what, what, what benefit does that bring? And then he lost it to Christian and shouts to Christian, but um, Christian's not going to bring as many eyeballs back over to impact as somebody with, you know, a higher mm-hmm. standing. Even if it was honestly, even if it was like the big show, wouldn't the big show bring more eyes to impact? You know, so again, fancy book and not quite going to do that. But when, <laughs> you know, we forget again in the 90s, they worked with NWA when they had the, mm-hmm. uh, the NWA tag team champions show up. Um, they worked with uh, some of the Japanese wrestling organizations specifically for uh, Bull Nakano being over there. Uh, they had the relationship with. Uh, Oh man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But the the movement that brought over Kai and Tai, and mm. um, uh, was Haikushi, I think. But like there was a couple of them that came over and and kind of say, wait, they've always been willing. The worst phrase they use to do what's best for business, right? <laughs> if it makes sense, they're going to do. I've, I I yeah. maintain this. I maintain this from the gate. I don't think WWE was ever worried about AEW. They're I think not. WWE was always worried about doing what's best for them. If what's best for them is having a show on the same night as AEW, they'll do it. If it's not, then they'll move it. And when they moved it, there hasn't been talk of competition at all. There hasn't been talk of, of anything like that. So the Forbidden Door, what what is it ever been? You know, if if I, if anyone's got the key to the Forbidden Door, it's Scott Demore. You know what I'm saying? He's he's opened it to everybody. 
Everybody's allowed to touch Impact. He got everybody yeah. going on over there. You cool, you come so, through. He's like, come on in, maybe. Yeah, please. But, you know, I, I do think, I do think WWE has an issue because I don't work there, so I can just speculate, right? I think they have an issue working with talent that they can't sign to some type of deal. So when and, and it's, this again, I, I might be an AEW fan if this took place when the New Day hosted WrestleMania. They were trying to get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks yeah, yeah. to have a match at WrestleMania, and they couldn't get the deal done. And I don't know why. I don't know how, but they were doing the, the video game Gaming, stuff like, I saw weeks that. before that, yeah, you know, yeah, months yeah. before that. They're talking to each other on Twitter. The rumblings are there. I never saw one Young Buck match before that. I saw uh, one or two of the Kenny Okada matches before that, and I was like, you know what? Based off of hype alone, I'm down to see it. You know what I mean? And the New Day at the time, I mean, that you're talking peak of the powers. People were so mad that they had to host WrestleMania instead of have a match. Yeah, Meanwhile, they yeah. killed it hosting WrestleMania. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, all things considered, I do think they, that WWE has a problem negotiating the proper terms of contracts for talent that's not going to be theirs, which is why even the Evolve deal didn't really do much, yeah, you know. Right. So I would like to see it. I would like to see... You know, all this, like, Josh Alexander is amazing. He's a phenomenal wrestler. And he yep. gets 200,000 views on the shows he's on because he's on Impact. Well, yep. bring him over, step him in front of Seth Rollins or Cesaro or, yep. you know, <laughs> even even throw him to the Wolves and the Tribal Chief. Yeah. Like, what are you? And what am I? And then, you know, <laughs> you see the work. It You mm -hmm. know, so there, there's definitely options. And I, I know Moose was saying some shit. And. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I did, I did, I did speculate this. That brother, I did speculate this. <laughs> a lot of disrespect to Travel Chief. At the end of the day, I'm the pro wrestling. I'm the god of pro wrestling. My God, what if all these cuts, all this money moving, isn't to sell, but it is to buy? What if they just fucking buy Impact? Say, so just cut the check, buy the Damn. whole thing. Mm. You know, just acquire the roster, wow. do the whole thing. But that's wow. you know that's that's just as dumb as people saying they're going to sell. They're going to do what's best for them right. all the time. Right, right. But yeah, that, that Mickey James is that's convenience. It's got to be convenience. It, it I, I didn't, I didn't think it was anything more than that. Yeah, people going crazy. I'm like, no, stop but it. But you just said if if they can possibly buy Impact, that's not far fetched because <laughs> open the can of worms. My bad. Well, well, I'm, I'm just saying because you know what? Because because wrestling is a business, and I always look from the business side of it. And yeah. people need content, and this is what we're in this digital streaming age. Live TV is it's like dead right now. You know, yeah. everybody's yeah. on all these streaming things. So it's not that far fetched. You know, it's like it's, you know, it's, it's a chance. It's not likely, but still a chance, yeah. though, you know, because of this, you know, everybody needs content. So I, I think it, it could. But Forbidden Door, I, 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 I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think it was just a way to, like like you guys said, I even mentioned this on the way, you know, shout out to the Queens Takeover podcast. I was a guest on their show. Shout and we brought, Yeah, yeah, we brought up that subject. And I said, I, I don't know, maybe it's just a thing that Vince McMahon is doing just because it's Mickey James. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm let you in. We're going to you know, name you. We're going to mention your title. You're the Impact Women's Champion, you know. And, I don't and that's think they're going to do that. I don't think so. If they do it, McAfee I don't know. Did, but I don't think he was thinking. I don't think that was like 
you know, a, a, a directive, you know, in his ear, like mention she. No, I think he just said it because he's a fan of wrestling and he knows that. So Pat McAfee just just ad libbed that. Rather, and yeah. they just McAfee with that. credit for bringing it up than saying Vince did something good. <laughs> he was. He had to be fed that line. He had to be fed that line by that. Vince. I don't think so. Give Vince the credit. They made a the deal. This is what was said. Come I'll on, give him man. credit for not editing it out. <laughs> they, they do that shit all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> they get the extra credit. Right. I give him credit for that. <laughs> McAfee went a little rogue on that one, man. Like, oh yeah, just he was having fun. It's McAfee. Oh man. <laughs> no, no shade to Vince on that one, man. It is what it is, you know. But that, that man, he's not trying to show any love for for anybody else. <laughs> yeah, neither's TK. So keep that same yeah, energy. Man, true. Yeah, yeah, dude, man. Oh my God, we went in on on TK last week. So there ain't nothing but Vince McMahon Jr., bro. I'm, I swear. <laughs> he ain't no oh, better. Man. He's just an entitled billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what he is. Uh, no, he's the entitled son of a billionaire. There you go. I'm sorry. Sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a billion dollar allowance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Dad, I got an idea. Want to do this pro wrestling? You need a billion dollars. Here you go, son. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. That's gonna wrap up for part one. Be on the lookout for part two along with the after hours episode as well don't forget about that and you can always find the awesome podcast and the video platform on our website clarkstreetwrestling.com st for the abbreviation and don't forget about our merch we got some great merch for you beast house hoodies coffee cups notebooks even blankets yeah i said it we got blankets for this winter time up here in the shy to get all warm and closer to your significant others so don't forget about it clarkstreetwrestling.com forward slash store for your pleasure it is decided 